Electricast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of welcoming special guest Chancellor Jackson to the show today. Chancellor was born in Fulton County, Georgia to Native American parents. He grew up in Smyrna, Georgia, and attended Stetson University in Florida. For nine years, Chance played football at the high school and collegiate level. After graduating with a bachelor's degree in communications and media studies, Chance lived abroad in China from 2018 to 2019 based on his decision to pursue a teaching job. Chance fell into writing after his traumatic experience of being arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. Our guest's nightmare began on April 4, 2019, when Beijing authorities showed up to his apartment unannounced and arrested him on drug charges. The Chinese authorities detained Chance without providing any information about the nature of the alleged charges against him, and he was denied legal representation. After 14 hours of sitting handcuffed in a holding cell, Chance found himself assigned to Beijing jail number six. Chance stayed in the cell with 14 Chinese men and nine wooden beds for 24 hours a day while he was detained. During this time, he had no idea how many days he would remain in jail or whether he'd be set free at all. Thoughts like, does anyone even know I'm here? Troubled him at times. His first book, 14 Days in Beijing, has ranked number one over 15 times on Amazon in multiple genres. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Chancellor Jackson to the show. Hey, balance and blessings, balance and blessings. <laughs> That's, hey, that was so hard. I don't think I've ever heard anybody read it <laughs> to me. So I'm like, damn, that shit sounds crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and you were you were a defensive back, is that right? It's Stetson. Yes, sir. And you were yes, number sir. nine. So you number nine, yeah. You're an athlete at, at Stetson University, and you got your degree in communication, and you decided, like many students your age who graduate and finish school, to go abroad. And you decided that you wanted to kind of explore China, one of your places. Is that right? And so paint the picture for us. So you're all excited. This is before the COVID pandemic. You just finished school. 
you're on a mission. I saw your profile. It said, I'm, I'm here. To, I'm here to teach. I want to be a teacher and kind of let our audience know what kind of unfolded for you from the time for you sure. got there. For sure. For sure. So it was actually a process just uh, it was a process. It's a whole process alone just getting over there and just, well, just landing the opportunity to go over there because um, my football career ended in November 2017. So. Of course, once you know what I'm saying, I hung the cleats up. Okay, I'm applying for jobs immediately. You know what I'm saying? But it's all corporate positions, marketing, sales, management, you know, stuff like that. Um, and for eight months straight, I was applying, landing interviews, getting flown out, all different types of stuff, and kept getting told no. I'm talking about for big companies, Amazon, Fuji Films, you know what I'm saying? Major, major company. Continue to get told no. Everybody keep telling me no. Why? Oh, you like the experience. Da, 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 da. I was like, y'all knew that before y'all even, before we even set this whole interview up. You know, when I submitted my resume, you could tell that the, your experience isn't there. So it's like, that's what y'all continue to hit me with. It is what it is. So I, I need to take a different approach in my job searching because I'm like, the field that I'm trying to go into clearly isn't for me. So I was uh, just doing my typical job searching routine. I'm back home in Georgia and graduating and everything. I ain't, I ain't got no job. I'm like, see, this is exactly what I did not want. This is a position I did not want to be in. So I'm just, but resilient, just trying to maintain a, a positive mindset, continue to just keep push forward. And um, so I'm uh, doing my job searching and I'm, also, I'm job searching on LinkedIn and uh, came across, well, as I was job searching, I seen the, uh, in the filters that um, it was a button that said international. I'm like, damn, why not think to, Look outside the U.S. That's that's a good. Let me see, let me see what's going on out in the in the world for real. And that's when I seen uh, the opportunity to teach uh, English in China. So I'm like, damn, that shit sounds fire. That sounds so dope. What's the requirements? Okay, uh, you got to be a you have at least a bachelor's degree. It don't even matter what you you can have a bachelor's degree in accounting as long as you got one. You good? I said, oh, bet. That's check. Uh, clean background. Oh. Check native English speak. That's it. You got that. <laughs> Come on. And all I had to do was submit a resume. That's two buttons. That's two clicks. I ain't got to go fill out no questionnaires and take me to this whole other web. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no 30, 40 minute long process. Boom, boom. I saw a bet. Boom, boom, boom. I kept, I continued my job search. Ended up getting the interview, but that wasn't nothing that was unfamiliar to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was like, yeah, we want to move forward with you. I'm just like, oh, man. First job to tell me yes after all this time on the other side of the world. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So even then, once I got hired, I got hired in like July. Um, but it's a three-month-long process just to get your visa just to go over there. So I ain't leave. I ain't get to the China until October. Once I, you know what I'm saying, all the, uh, October of October of 2018. 2018, yes, sir. 2018, okay. Just want to paint the picture. Yeah. On me, October 10, 2018. That's when I first landed in China. Um, and China was China was dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? They put us up in a hotel for the first two weeks. Um, so Let we me, can train. Was I want to ask you something. Uh, since you're, you played football in college at Stetson, uh, recent issues, there's talking about athletes' rights. And I wanted to see if you have any opinions about when you played football at Stetson, if you felt like your rights were respected by the school and if you mm. felt like your opportunities post-college were pr provided for you as an athlete, like, did you feel like 
Cause that's just something I'm thinking when I, when I hear what you're telling me, I mean, you had this opportunity to play ball in, in college and you didn't high school. Yeah. And so how was it for you as in terms of just your experience being a collegiate athlete in terms of your rights? Did you feel like you were adequately compensated for your time spent on the field? Did you feel like you were, you know, given the opportunities to when you graduated that you'd have career opportunities or choices for yourself? Um, I would say, I would say, yes, we had, as far as like, especially because you is a prestigious school. So um, you definitely, it, it's, it's a lot of connections and they had job fairs and all that. They had a bunch of job fairs my senior year that I attended, um, but it's just like really just finding something that's going to be the right fit for you. You know what I'm saying? So, and and most importantly, I had no clue what I wanted to do. So that's yeah. what, that's, that's what was holding me back at the same time. Cause like I'm job searching. But I ain't putting nothing in the search engine. Like, I'm just hitting search and with everything that come up, and I'm just looking over to see if, like, because I have no clue what I'm, I played football for 10 years. So I was like, <laughs> I just all I've identified as, as you know, what I'm saying, an athlete, student athlete. So just like, man, now I got to re identify myself all over again. So that's a whole process within itself. And, um, and you know, what I'm saying, I just, Honestly, I, I probably didn't. I didn't have the right guidance. You know what I'm saying? I just really had no guidance. You know what I'm saying? I'm experiencing this for the first time out of my entire family, my entire tribe. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm the really the front runner of you know what I'm saying playing college ball. And now, okay, college ball is done. Okay, now what you gonna do? Ah, I really ain't put too much thought to that. You know what I'm saying? Even though you hear it all the time, you need to have Plan B. You need to have you know what I'm saying? But it's like, man, Will Smith once said, man, it's no point in having a Plan B because it distracts from Plan A. So, you know what I'm saying? That's where I hindered myself at, you know what I'm saying? And definitely. Well, I don't know if you hindered yourself. I of the opinion that when you play sport for a college that the school should help set you up with something after school. They for should sure. try to work with you. They have resources. You pay all that money to go there and you, you, you played for them. And you like had a scholarship right. and you went through a process of sacrificing all your free time while you were a student. So you should have <laughs> had the opportunity to have them pay back to you. That's why I was asking that question. Just oh, because. I've been I've been getting involved in this stuff, learning about it more, and I'm thinking that, like there's a lot of stuff in the issues right now about rights for athletes. And I wanted to ask I mean, you, since you were an athlete, what you sure. felt was your experience like before you even got locked up abroad in Beijing? Yeah, that, I mean that's a good question. It's like, I, and you probably all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just me. I always hold myself accountable because I'm like, did I do everything in my power? Did I do the, all the little things right? Did I? You know what I'm saying? Did I cross yeah. on my T's and dot on my you work hard at that part of your life. Yeah. The school should have done something. There should be more resources in place. That's the one thing I would add as my comment. Sure. I, so, hey, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> you might not have been locked up abroad in Beijing if you had a job out of college in the United States. Oh, if you would have yeah. adequate rights or resources, you know, um, I should say, sure. if you had adequate resources to support your job search coming out as an athlete, because you have a certain skill set, psychologically, yeah. mentally, physically, et cetera, that gives you an opportunity to have some special opportunities that you should look into. That's what I think they should do. My own Definitely. I know you, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think you hit the nail right on the head for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but shit, it just ain't work out like that. <laughs> I, I can see it sometimes. I want to ask you this. So you decided to go abroad and study in China and you're there and you go through this training. What happened next? I uh, so, um, and I had to, we had to find our own apartment. So ended up finding an apartment on the east side of Beijing in Qingnanlu. That's the town I stayed in. Um, it was the business district of Beijing too. So I'm over there with folks with the money. Uh, 
you know what I'm saying? But it was a vibe, like, you know what I'm saying? Now we working in our center and like our uh, schools doing that and I'm exploring. Now I'm just exploring China, meeting new people, getting just getting more acclimated because I'm in a, I'm on the other side of the world. So it's like, I'm just trying to get adjusted and get settled. Um, and I, I, I'm trying for six months old. You know what I'm saying? The book is just by my last 14 days. I was supposed to do a whole year. Yeah, I was supposed to do a whole year, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ended up getting locked up. But um, yeah, China was amazing. Proud to those last 14 days. Just It's the ultimate adventure. Everything's a challenge. Um, and it just also depends on the individual, too. You know what I'm saying? If you're spontaneous, you're optimistic, you're, you know what I'm saying? You enjoy just new things and challenges. Oh, yeah. Man, it was it, it was fulfilling. It was ideal, the perfect job. You know what I'm saying? The very perfect, very uh, the perfect first job. So, yeah. um, yeah, China was a vibe. I, I miss it. The food was great. Uh, culture, the people, the people were really cool. Like you know what I'm saying, Chinese people were very very cool. <laughs> they are very very cool. Um, customer service out of this world. I'm talking about these folks go above and beyond trying to. You know what I'm saying? Satisfy felt, every need. You felt well received while you were there for the first part of your trip. Without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt, it was no animosity, no malice, none of that. If if anything, it was just curiosity, just because it's nothing but Chinese people. Over. It's billions of them at that, and vast majority of them don't leave don't leave China. So to see somebody else from someplace else, it's just like, oh, you're you like I'm real? from Fulton County, Georgia. <laughs> you for real? Like, oh wow, it's crazy. It's been I had locks at that point in time, so yeah. you know what I'm saying. So it's just like, oh wow, it's just. It's, it's just different energy, different spirit, being a much a different spirit, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying, you could tell this is number of peace and prosperity, you know what I'm saying, from me. So, uh, what was it like for you in terms of working in, in China and being a novel person, I'm sure, in the, in the town you were at, based on what you're describing? Did it seem different than the experiences you get living in Georgia? Oh, without a doubt. Everything is an adventure. I'm talking about the smallest things you can think of. You going to the grocery store? Oh, that's oh, man, that's an adventure. Going to the bank, and I don't speak the language fluently, so it's and you like, can't read just, the letters. Man, <laughs> so I like going to the bank trying to deposit money, and you, like you going to, you gotta go up to the window to the teller. So it's just like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it's we translate an app, so body gesture. You know what I'm saying? Everything you think of that everything takes here. more time. Everything takes more time. Everything takes yes. a longer period to go. And experience facts, and I did. I did. My I already had a great amount of patience, so it just increased with my time being over there, especially after being locked up. So it's just like, oh yeah, I got a great. I have a tremendous amount of patience. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. But um, yeah, everything you think of, like it was an adventure working. You know what I'm saying? I'm working. I'm teaching Chinese kids. Like I don't look nothing like these kids. I can't speak their language fluently, and I'm teaching them mine. And but and even though I'm teaching them my language and they're so young, the, their knowledge of my language is very, very limited. So How old were they? Language, uh, I was working with kids as young as three years old all the way up to 14. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> was it a, a private school that you taught at? Uh, it's, um, it was a, pretty much a company. It's like a training center that specializes in English. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they had, they got, they all over the world. The company's all over the world, for real, for real. But um, yeah, I was working with, I'm talking about babies, <laughs> babies, and it's, the, the the smallest ones are the most fun, <laughs> for real, for real. Just and I'm young too, so it's like, and I can identify. I don't look at there. children as children. Twenty three. 
how old were you when you started your trip in Beijing to teach over there? 23. You're 23. That, that's young. Yeah. <laughs> and so you went there and in terms of your book, I believe you describe it as one day you had knocks at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had this gnawing <laughs> feeling in your stomach like, uh, doesn't feel right. What is this? It was, I was very curious for sure. Cause I was, me, uh, fin- yeah, I was- all right. So now we finna enter the 14 days. So this very, this chapter one, where I'm finna, uh, describe this very, this is the first chapter of the book. So I'm finna get ready to go. My company, they host team builder events every month, um, that we can choose to go. They give us a list of events we can choose to go to, but, um, pretty much everybody had, selected all the good ones so the like, only one left was uh you know they got the chinese fans so we got to uh, decorate customize our own so that was the event i'm like okay that's that still sound dope and i was gonna give it to my girlfriend at the time so that's what i was gonna get ready to go do so it's april 4th 2019 when you went to china did you anticipate that you'd possibly have any kind of issue with the authorities when you were there not at all not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, once we got there, they was telling us, you know what I'm saying? I'm just giving us uh, just uh, cultural and systematic education of how China is and, you know what I'm saying, how the people are and all this and the other. But all in all, I ain't really think much of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I <laughs> I'm just, I just wasn't thinking nothing of it, honestly. I, nah, I was. <laughs> how did you wind up falling into the crosshairs of the Beijing police that they came to your place. Uh, all right, so bet. So now we're entering, we enter in the first chapter of 14 days in Beijing. All right, as soon as you start, as soon as you start reading the book, everything pops off. So um, it's April 4th, 2019. I'm finna get ready to go to this event. My uh, company hosts um, team building events. So I'm finna go decorate my own Chinese fan. And uh, so I had to go through my typical morning preparations. I think the event started at like noon, noonish, noon, one o'clock. Um, so go through my typical morning routine, come back home, get showered, dress. So now I like the pregame before I you know what I'm saying, head to events. And for those that don't know what pregaming is, so say you and your friends or buddies finna go to the bar or a club or a party, all right, before we go to the actual function, let's have our own little up here. And then we don't say we're going to go. So that's the type of time I was on. So I'm in the apartment by myself, um, pre-gaming for the uh, the event, sipping a, some, some, a little alcohol, a little wine cooler. And uh, I'm cheaping some cannabis out of my little silver pipe. And uh, Is that legal in China? No. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. at all. Not at all. But um, yeah, I'm cheaping some herb. And then getting ready I, I got done i'm finna i'm crossfaded i'm finna get ready to head to the event now so i'm just making sure i got everything phone wallet keys boom 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 all right i think i'm about ready here knock at the door I'm like okay shit, who was that i i uh, guess aren't unfamiliar so i'm like i'm just curious okay who this is popping up on me look through the peephole it's three officers from the <laughs> from the beijing police and i'm just like oh shit you like wrong address <laughs> man i'm just like oh not here <laughs> I'm just trying to think like, okay, why are they here? That's the first thing I'm like, damn, what are they doing here? Um, and it, it isn't the first time they've shown up to my apartment. Beijing police do random checks on foreigners all the time because they just want to check your documents, make sure you say you are who you say. 
who you say you are. You ain't over here illegally. You know what I'm saying? That's and they did it. They did that shit to me in January of that 2019. And then they, one of my coworkers, he had it done to him. I think in like February, March. So I'm like, okay, this is this is a common thing. I'm like, I'm like, okay, they must do this more than once. And I, it was another time they knocked on my door too. Yeah, it was it was late at night. Maybe it was talking about because I uh every Thursday because April fourth, twenty nineteen, the day I got arrested was a Thursday, and every Thursday I uh I have a set up an altar. I have an altar set up for my ancestors. You know what I'm saying I pray to them, um, and I prepare food and lay it out for them. Um, spiritual practices. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So they, you know, what I'm saying they came knocking on the door like. Man, it was like one, two o'clock in the morning because, you know what I'm saying, they seen the uh, candles lit on my altar from my window. And they was like, you know what I'm saying, hey, man, you, kinda, you can't have the candles. It's just, it was like they didn't show up to the apartment plenty of, you know, a few times. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, damn, what they doing here now? You know what I'm saying? So like RAs on a college campus when they come to your room and they see a candle and they need to come in and say, hey, you can't exactly. do that. Exactly. And I was an RA. So it's like, yeah, I'm already yeah, known. <laughs> For sure. You get it. You get it. So. Um, I scrambled to put everything up, put everything up, uh, open the door and they walk straight in and the first officer it's three, you know what I'm saying? It's three of them. They all standing like a triangle. So the, the one in front, he walked, you know what I'm saying? He doing all the talking. And of course he's speaking Mandarin. So, I, and I'm not fluent in the language. So I have no clue what this man is saying to me. He's, it's obvious that I have no clue what he's saying. He's, so he pull up his phone, he's speaking into the phone. And show me the translation. Said, "Are you on drugs?" I'm like, "Huh?" Hey, I'm like, "Nah, boy, what, you tripping? What you talking about? Where you, where you getting? With? That's the first thing you ain't say hello. That's, that's the first thing you got to say. Nah, but you tripping? Nah, you, you need to see my passport. That's what you. That's what you need to see. That you need to see my passport. So I go run, grab my passport, my apartment contract, my visa. I got my Get everything. Here you go, man. I came in, I slapped it all on the table. Bam, but that's all you need right there. But I don't know what you're talking about. You on a whole different type of time, but this is what you need to see right here. Um, and so he he's sitting there going through it, going through it. The other two officers, they just they just walking around the apartment casually, you know what I'm saying? Got Roman eyes, you know what I'm saying, looking without really looking, you know what I'm saying? They just so and one of I had some uh tea, some tea in the Ziploc bag, um, sitting on top of the refrigerator. And one of the officers comes in contact with it. And this is a tea, it's a black tea. So, and it's in a uh, Ziploc bag. <laughs> so he grabs it, he just to show him out, like, what is this? I'm like, bro, it's, it's tea. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I drink tea faithfully. How you don't know tea when you see it? So, he, you know, he, despite me trying to describe what it is, he opened the bag, sniffed it, feel it. All right, it's tea. I'm like, bro, but what type of time is y'all on? Come on, I'm just, I'm guilty as hell, but I'm sitting there just playing the fool, like, but y'all tripping, like, I'm just working my one, trying to, you know what I'm saying, finesse, and um, they tell me, sit down at the table, at the dining room table, I'm like, all right, so I sit down, I'm sitting down, cuz still going through my documents, and then I hear foots coming from down the hallway, cause the door's still open, I hear foots coming from down the hallway, I look, there's another officer coming, he got something in his hand, so I'm like, all right, bet. I ain't really thinking too much of it. Um, he walks in and hands the item to the officer I was originally speaking to. And the officer, like, he communicated through, like, gesturing, like, pee in the cup. So it was a drug test right there on the spot. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's over with. It's over with. It's over with. 
The only substance so, you were using was marijuana, though, right? Is that cannabis? Yes, that's it. <laughs> cannabis. Yes. What was the Chinese rule if you got caught with possession of cannabis? Do you know? I, I mean, you definitely gonna get arrested. Um, you learned that the hard way, probably, because you got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah you definitely gonna get arrested, and they really just want to know. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how much you have. Well, that's what I feel. How much you have to determine how they want to deal with you. And by this time, a whole it's like five, six officers in the apartment now, and one of them speaks English, fluent. Um, so I'm he's sitting there talking, interrogating me, want to know where I got the weed from, who, when the last time I smoked, all that. He just want to know. He just wants to see if I would give up any viable information to help him find the supply. So when I walk into the room. All that shit laid out on the bed. So I'm like, y'all folks knew, y'all y'all already knew this whole time. Y'all just, you know what I'm saying? Y'all was just fucking with me. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing if I was gonna give y'all some information. And clearly I wasn't. So they was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? They confiscated everything. But they were still cool though. It was like, hey, you need to finish getting dressed? Are you ready to go? You know what I'm saying? You need to do anything before we leave? I'm like, <laughs> well, unfortunately, I was getting ready to leave prior to y'all showing up anyway. So I'm ready to go. Hey, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, hey, man. So, so they like turn around. I'm like, damn. They put handcuffs out. I'm like, damn, y'all got to throw the cuffs on me. I'm like, I'm thinking it's all cool, bro. It's peace, bro. I ain't finna do nothing crazy. But I'm like, hey, let me comply. They put the cuffs on me, throw me in the van, the police van. And that's when I was like, the self reflection starts. Self reflection starts. It's just like, damn, I'm just. I'm still high as hell, but I'm like, man, I can't believe this shit happening. <laughs> like, this is the last thing I was expecting to happen. Not conscious. I was doing something. I was not. I know I sh- should not, should not have been doing. So the one thing I, I think is mar- mar- cannabis is is obviously has medicinal qualities in the United States, and a lot of states have been moving to legalize it. So you have that kind of thing going on. But in China, it's a totally different society and culture that it's not tolerated there on the same level as it's. It's only now becoming tolerated in the United States. Yeah. So when you and went still there, use it. Yeah. Yeah. When you went there, you probably weren't thinking as a 23-year-old former college grad student <laughs> that you would have issues to get caught if you engaged it in, in, in marijuana in your own place, I'm assuming. Is that right? That and, like, I w- mind you, because this is a detail, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people know, but I, w- I was high within my first five days of China. Like, I was smoking the whole time I was out there. So it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, this is my first time smoking, I got caught. No, nah, I was geeked up the whole time I was out there. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like I went out there looking for it either. I don't know nothing about China. I don't, I'm out here by myself. So like, hey, you know what I'm saying? That's the last thing I'm finna goddamn go try to look for. The people that I'm with, the coworkers that's been here for two, three years. You know what I'm saying? These folks, it's like, hey, bro, you know what I'm saying? This is what we, I'm like, damn. I didn't even think it was you. You could find it. That's what I'm thinking. So you were using it. You had colleagues at your job that were all smoking too. Man, they been out here for two, three years, been doing this shit. So I'm like, damn, I had no clue it was like like that out here. I'm like, y'all been out here, ain't? So I'm like, y'all know how to move with it. Y'all know what y'all doing because y'all been out here for the longest doing it. So I'm like, okay, for sure, I'm moving how y'all move. So for the fact that that shit happened to me, I'm just that's why I'm like, damn, what the fuck, like. But at the same time, I'm like, nah, bro, it's happening to you for a reason. Like, it's definitely, it's a deeper, deeper reasoning to, you know what I'm saying, you going through this versus anybody else. You know what I'm saying, for sure. And I just equate it to just my my strength, uh, my mental strength, spiritual strength, you know what I'm saying, 
my, you know what I'm saying? With those two components, I can, I was able to, I was, the universe, okay, if anybody can handle this, he can handle it. And he's definitely going to do something with this opportunity and share this story and educate people. And you know what I'm saying? So they don't fall victim to the same BS. You know well, what I'm saying? And, it's a whole locked up abroad scenario when you go to a yeah. foreign country. So I can tell you right now, locked up abroad is a real thing. But most of the people who do get in your situation or my, even in my situation, it becomes a situ it becomes a scenario where you got to kind of like play what you need to get through it and survive it. And so look, you smoked, you smoked weed. That's something you did. You, you had an infraction there. You didn't, you know, you broke the Chinese law. That's a fact, but, but how was it that you got detained for 14 days? So with and that's, nine beds, right? Mathematically, there were nine beds and yeah. fourteen Chinese men. Fifteen of us. Yeah, well, yeah. Fifteen total. Yeah, and you're handcuffed for fourteen hours. So, like, you're in this jail for an infraction, as I would call it, based on U.S. law. But you're not in the United States. So you got to keep in mind, culturally, you're in yeah. the other countries' system, Thanks. and you abide yeah. to this. So, I want to ask you this: What was it like for you when you got detained? Like. You're in the back seat, I guess, of a vehicle mm. with handcuffs. What's the thoughts going through your mind? Just like, <laughs> really, just like, boy, this shit is for real. And mind you, I'm still high, so I'm like, damn, but this, shit, <laughs> like, I'm serious, but it's like, I'm still kind of like laughing, like, damn, but this shit is for real. Like, I just, I'm in this disbelief, and I'm like, hey, I don't know, and I don't know these folks. We stopped communicating, like, with a, the um, the officer that spoke English. I, He's nowhere. He's nowhere to be found anymore. I guess he went off with the other officers because I, I got in the van with two officers and the rest of the officers. They walked in the opposite direction. They half five, high five each other and shit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like, shit. I'm just. I don't know what's gonna happen now. I figured that they can't really speak English like that, and I can't speak their language. I'm not. I ain't got nothing to say anyway. So I'm just gonna keep my mouth closed unless directly spoken to. So it's just like, man, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. How this shit going to play? I know I'm going to be good, though. Like, I just praised my ancestors this morning. I'm going to be good. I know that for a fact. I'm going to be straight. How would this shit play out? I have no clue. And that's why I was like, I'm, I'm going to find out. It, it's kind of adventurous, for sure, because I'm like, damn, just getting locked up in a Chinese picture. I'm like, that shit sounds crazy. So it's like, damn, I'm going to get really, I'm flying. I'm really going to get ready to live this shit. But hey, man. Just accountability, hold yourself accountable. You know what you was doing. We finna got them going this ride. Just enjoy this. I said this, I said, enjoy the high one last time. Cause ain't no telling, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, ain't no telling. So we get to the first precinct, which was not, it's not that far from my apartment, like a mile two. And we was there for like 40 minutes. Like we weren't even there an hour. Um, and, it, and that setup was like the typical, uh, like I, I described it. Like you see people, you watching TV or a movie, you see, Somebody get arrested and the police take them to the, the first precinct. They sit them down in the chairs. You know what I'm saying? You got the officers at desk duty. It's just, yeah, just that ideal. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like, this is the same, like, essentially the same process, but I'm just on the other side of the world. So I'm just sitting there handcuffed, high as hell. Um, just thinking, I'm like, damn, I'm in those, I'm sitting there in these chairs with other recent arrests. I'm the only one with handcuffs on. I'm wondering what these people thinking about me or thinking of me. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 all eyes on me, of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm the only person of color in this precinct right now. And I got locks. And I'm like, I'm like, you're like, I'm like, 
Like, yeah, I'm like, it's not a good look. Like, I just know it's not a good look. I, and I got arrested for other I was like, ah, this is not a good look. But I'm like, these folks just don't know my spirit. But at the end of the day, shit, it is what it is. So they come back and get me, and we go to another, we get back in the van. So I'm like, okay, where we going? Ain't nobody explaining nothing to me. I'm just like, okay, where we going now? Get to another precinct. And this uh it's a little bit bigger. And they have holding cells. So they had me change clothes, um, throw me in the holding cell. I'm in here now. I'm in this holding cell with a few other Chinese men. I can't even remember how many, it's about eight to ten. Um, and what they gave me to put on was uh, some gray, some gray sweatpants and a, a gray in a long sleeve shirt and they put a red vest on me hand, i'm still handcuffed and shit um so i'm sitting down in the hotel handcuffed and across from me dead ass across from me is a chinese man young chinese man i say he under 21 years old like he he a young cat he he got on a red vest and his handcuffed just like me the rest of my cellmates don't have neither so i'm like damn what the fuck does why me and him the only one with these red vests on and we both handcuffed and the rest of they sleep laying down all this. I'm like, sure did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm I'm curious of what the what the what, you know what I'm saying, what the what's uh the vest sim- symbolizes replaying the scenario in my head, just everything that then transpired up to this point. I'm just replaying everything, like me smoking the first time, you know what I'm saying, and then all the other times under smoke and all everything that played out today. I'm just replaying everything, recapping and just reflecting on everything. And then they come get grab me from the cell, take me to this room downstairs to, to conduct my interrogation. So we get into the room and it's a metal chair that looks like an electric chair. Across from the electric chair <laughs> is a table with two regular chairs, you know what I'm saying, for the officers to sit at. And then it's a camera mounted high catching all the furniture in the room. So they walk me to the electric chair and tell me to sit down. And I'm like, y'all really want me to, I'll give them a look like, y'all really want me to sit my ass down in this chair? And they look at me like, hell yeah. So I sat my ass down. <laughs> I sat my ass down. And the chair locks your ankles, your uh, thighs, waist, chest, and arms all in one place. So I'm just sitting in the chair just like this here. And then two officers come in and one of them speaks English. He's like, hey, my name is Officer Wang. I'm here to uh, conduct your interrogation. <laughs> so we just going through the agent and all they just locked you know. in if yeah. i'm right they locked you into this chair before they started asking you questions um yeah i wonder like what this. they're trying to tell you with that exercise i'm sitting there like this right here but by this time i came up with a style i came up with a story to give them you know what I'm saying? i came up with information to give them just you know what i'm saying just uh I, I i have something to say you know what i'm saying versus no nah, i'm not just for the now you were not given any opportunity to get legal counsel at all, right? No one mentioned me because I don't think in China they give you that right. <laughs> you folks ain't. T- I have no clue what the hell's going on. I'm just following orders. It's yeah. like football. Coach say jump. I say how high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's. So he just want to know. You know what I'm saying? Where I get the weed from? Da 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 da. da. Gave him my story. Um, uh, once the interrogation is done, they release me from the chair. Have, they transcribed the entire, uh, that's what the second officer was doing. He's sitting there typing everything up. So had me look over it, make sure it was accurate. And I really ain't even read the shit. Cause some of this is Mandarin, Bass Jordan is in Mandarin. So I'm like, bro, I don't even know what the hell I just signed it. You want me to thumb, thumbprint it? 
all right, boom, what's the next process? Take me back upstairs, take my mugshot, handprint, all that shit. Um, throw me back in the holding cell. And now I'm just like, damn. Now I'm back reflecting, like, damn, but I hope they bought the statement. I hope, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, I could have did. Now I'm just re- reflecting on like, damn, what did I could have did better? I'm like, damn, I could have put the, I could have put cannabis here. I could have put the cannabis there. I could have, I'm like, damn, there's so many other good places I could have hit it, but I'm like, I still would have had to deal with the drug test. And I would have, I was going to fail that shit regardless. I'm like, I would have still been in the same predicament rather, you know what I'm saying? I, I hid the weed in a better place or not. Like I'd still be in this same position. Like, Was that your first so, time ever getting arrested for marijuana possession? This is my ever. first time getting arrested. Period. Ever. Period. <laughs> Now, and, and, I'm like, and let's just be, I have the mindset that bad things happen to good people. Yes. Right? And you're a good person. And <laughs> you had a bad experience and you took a calculated risk being in a foreign country thinking that, oh, your coworkers can use marijuana. I'm going to do it because I'm used to doing that. It's just something that I didn't think would offend as badly as it did, it sounds like, for you yeah. to be strapped into a chair and, and sign some statement. You're not even sure what you're signing. Mm. And so- <laughs> What was going through your mind at that point after you had this document that you had prepared in Mandarin and whatever else, and you signed it, and then where did you go next? So um, I'm back in the holding cell now, and I'm just I'm reflecting on the interrogation. I'm like, I hope they bought the statement. I hope it was good enough. Um, I'm thinking like, damn, I could have. That's why I'm like, damn, I could have said up. I'm just thinking, I'm just, now I'm just like, damn, I could have said, that's all I'm doing is like, damn, I could have did this, could have did that. I'm like, but I could have said, I met this girl in the club. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, I'm just like, damn, I could have said so many other different scenarios, but I'm like, shit, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I was going, you know what I'm saying? Regardless of what information, whatever story I told him, I'm still going to be in the same predicament. And I'm just like, bro, I just got to, I just holding myself accountable. Like, that's all, that's all it is, bro. I'm, I'm just holding myself accountable. So hours is passing. It feels like I know hours are passing because now I'm coming down from that. And I'm still high while I'm doing the interrogation. So like now that I'm back in hold cell and I'm just chilling and shit. I'm I'm still handcuffed too. Um I'm fading now that I'm coming down from my high. So now I'm fading in out of consciousness. You know what I'm saying? So trying to sleep, sitting down. How many hours is this from the time you got detained that morning? Shit, I have. I have no clue at this point. I'm just every time I it's just, it's a window in the in the cell we in. So every time I look up at this, every time I wake up and look at the cell, the sun is fading more and more and more and more until it's completely just dark. And you know, so I'm trying to lay down, handcuffed. You know, what I'm saying, say that shit work. I'm catching a little bit of disease, but it's still not as comforting. And you know, what I'm saying, I look up and it's just completely dark. Then next thing I know, they come and grab me from the cell again, take me back to the lobby. And then they hand me my clothes and tell me to get dressed. So I'm like, oh shit, I'm finna goddamn. I'm like, hey, my, my, my plan worked. I'm like, my plan worked. Okay, man, I'm finna get ready to go. I'll put my clothes on. I'm just waiting. And it's like, hey, uh, you know what I'm saying? He's like, just me to follow them to a door that was behind the front desk. So I go into the hall, I enter the door and realize I'm in the hallway now. I look at the end of the hallway. It's a small, it's a room at the end of it, crowded with officers. So I'm following the officer to the room. And this is the evidence room. You know what I'm saying? You see evidence from just other cases, just TV screens and shit. Goddamn. And everything that they confiscated from my apartment is sitting on the table along with a, uh, a DVD. So I'm like, damn, these niggas are docu- They done made a physical copy of my arrest, you know what I'm saying, from the officer's body camera. And the first thing in my mind, I'm like, damn, bro, I really want to watch that. Dude. I really want to watch that shit because I'm like, I know that shit would be dope just to watch it. 
but um they take the 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 flour i had left the weed and uh they uh scale it they measure it i had 1.4 grams 1.4 grams and they put it on paper um and for those that don't know anything about cannabis 1.4 grams is man that's 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 not a lot we talking man you probably got eight quarters in your pocket you know what i'm saying like hey you know what I'm saying? it's not a lot um so they uh put everything on paper to show me the show me the uh the paper the document it's all in mandarin have me sign it i just sign it i'm being compliant sign it thumbprint it boom all right so what are we doing now all right so now they was like all right let's go we get back in the van so i'm like what was all it right. what was it like signing something and not knowing what you're signing when you're in that setting after being arrested for I know. I I just, I can't even imagine what that's like for you. I know the last thing as a man of color with locks that got arrested in a foreign country for paraphernalia. The last thing I need to be doing is rebelling and being belligerent. That's the last thing I need to be doing. So you, like I said, it's like football coach. You say jump how high, let me be as compliant as I can be. (laughs) So we can get, you know what I'm saying? The easy, easy situation. That's a, that's because if I come out here and do a, that's gonna make shit ten times worse. I know that for a fact. Uh-uh. You kept your cool, composed, <laughs> composed. They brought you to the jail at that point. Is that where you went next? Well, so now we in the van. So I'm like, okay, all right. As we finna get ready to go, and these folks still not explain nothing to me, and I'm not asking no questions. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm finna see. So I we crank the car up, the uh the radio come on. It's like one, two, it's like one, two o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, damn, bro, I got arrested at like 11 a.m. <laughs> it's like one or two o'clock in the morning now. Like, damn, bro, I've been locked up. I've been in this cell this whole time. I've been in these folks' custody this whole time. Goddamn. And I wasn't even hungry. Thirsty nothing. You're that under so much stress. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I weren't thinking. You're thinking survival. Man, what how am I gonna get out of this ridiculous? So we drive. I'm paying attention to the signs. Of course, we have Chinese characters, but they also have English translations. And I've been in Beijing for a good amount of time to you know what I'm saying, be able to read the signs and you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't feel like we're getting anywhere closer to Ching and Lu. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think we're getting anywhere closer. So we ride and we ride, I say about 40 minutes pass, and then we arrive at this facility with tall walls and barbed wire. I'm just like, huh. <laughs> I was just like, damn. They didn't tell you they were taking you there. Hell, but folks ain't telling me nothing. We had one, we had one small conversation. The officer that was driving, and his English wasn't the best. He he asked me, "You like China?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Why you like China?" I said, "The people are nice." That was all. <laughs> that was all we. That was the only conversation we had. That was it. So, um, what was the most profound experience for you being in the jail for fourteen days? Um, really, just uh, well, I've never been incarcerated before, so that I say that just, just the whole process alone. You took a dive in the Chinese prison system, right? I mean, man, honestly, <laughs> and it's like I have. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm from America. I'm from Atlanta. I have plenty of peers that has been incarcerated, and that's probably and that still are incarcerated. So it's like, 
I'm saying I've never been able to identify as that. I definitely have peers that are that, but it's like, man, me myself, hell no, I would. Did you? So the fact. I have to ask this just because my show focuses on social justice issues and things that, of the such. Had you ever had a negative experience with law enforcement in the United States before this experience in, in, in China? I've had my run-ins with law enforcement, you know what I'm saying? But it was always, I'm always compliant. I'm always peaceful. So well, energy is energy is everything. So it never got, well, okay. I'm sorry, Andrew, I want to ask you this. A lot of times, did you have a sit down talk with your parents when you were younger about how you should act? In, in the presence of, like, I know Not at people, all. sometimes they have those kind of talks to let people know that, you know, mm. there's inherent bias um, in the system. I'm just conscious, conscious, spiritually conscious, as well as, you know what I'm saying, socially conscious. So, okay. you know what I'm saying, just, and I got a great face card, bro. Like, my energy and spirit is, is like no other. You can just probably, just, this conversation we've had this far, you, but this is a cool dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? He ain't on, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, They'd be the same with the officers here in the man. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being compliant. You know what I'm saying? And energy is everything. We are nothing but energy. So you can feel that energy is a great. Okay, he's going to get aggressive. So I'm like, let's ease it. You know what I'm saying? Work your beast. Come on, bro. So it's just like, I've had my run ins, but it is nothing been, it ain't been nothing more than conversations. Okay. I ain't never got no traffic tickets. And I ain't got. So you, you had a clear record Man. your entire hey. life, and then you played sports, so that was your focus. You, Face you card, good. It, and that's icing on the cake. Oh, yeah, I played college football. Or I, I just played football in general. That oh. was your livelihood. That was your passion. That's where man. you go. And now you're so coaching, like, right? Exactly. So it's like, them folks ain't, come on, man. And then my record already clean, so, oh, yeah. Nah, them folks ain't. So, let's go back to Beijing. <laughs> And let's talk about the prison you're in. And let me ask you, what was for you one of the most impactful moments of that 14 days? So in other words, what was it during that 14 days once you got to the jail and you knew you were being held mm. and you weren't informed of what, 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 what you were going to do and, and what was next? What was the most impactful moment for you? Like, when did you finally say, I don't know what's next? See, once we actually get, like, once we got to the jail, jail, like when we got <laughs> the actual jail, they had me um go to we went to the nurse's office. You know what I'm saying? They running tests, blood pressure, taking my blood, all you know what I'm saying? They doing all that typical shit. Then moved me uh to the this room. That was shit. They had me uh change my clothes. They put gave me my uniform. The uniform is a jacket. The top half of it is yellow. Front and back is yellow, top half, the bottom half is blue. On the yellow side, on your left chest, it's red Chinese characters. And Chinese characters translate Beijing Jail 6. On the back, it says the same thing in Chinese characters. It gave me blue sweatpants and blue sandals. And gave me one bowl, one Tupperware bowl, and one spoon. Changed clothes. You know what I'm saying? They had me put all my belongings in, the, in a, a luggage bag and store it in the, in the storage unit where all, every other inmate shit is at. Um, and then take me upstairs to the second floor. We get to sale 209. And at this point, it's like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and when he opened that door, it was just like my psych was strong. Like, I'm like, damn. Like, he opened that door, and all I see is just like, a, just bodies just huddled up, laying down, like sleep. Well, first thing I see is two inmates standing up, watching the other inmates sleep. And the inmates that are sleeping, like, 
you would think it like I describe it as, but it looks like a slumber party, like or a sleepover, like when you was a kid, like with your friends or, kin, or your, your your kinfolk, or you play travel ball or something. Like it's a limited amount of space to sleep, so everybody got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to squeeze. I'm like, that's the first thing I'm seeing these grand, random grown men. So I'm just like, whoa, okay, I see what, and they sleeping on wood. <laughs> they sleeping on wood. Oh, I can't hear you. I, what you said? They slept in what? They sleeping on wood. In the wood. Like a, they're sleeping on wood, like the, the wow. beds are wooden planks. And the, you know what I'm saying they have cubbies up underneath them. So the image and the cubs are not that big, but just enough space for you to store your bowl and spoon and whatever else you may have. How so, many how many beds were there for 15 people? Nine. Well, how does that work? <laughs> like I said, the slumber party, like you think about it, like I said, think about a slumber party back in the day or a sleepover with all you and your partners or your kids. Those are people you know that you went to school with, that you're friends with as little kids with families and stuff. That's, that's what I'm saying. In the foreign country. Man, exactly. So that, imagine me walking to the cell. That's the first thing I'm seeing. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> where's the bathroom? All right. So I'm in the cell now. And immediately to my left, that's where the bathroom is. The walls to the back, it's in it's its own separate room, but the walls are glass, so you can see straight into it. Everybody in the cell can see into that motherfucker, as well as the camera that's mounted high on the wall. Privacy. You can see straight into it. Yeah. Ain't no privacy. <laughs> it's, it's a sink, of course. The toilet is a squat toilet, like a hole in the ground that you got to squat over. Um, and the shower was pretty much a water hose with a shower head tied to it. Now, 14 days is a very long time. Mm-hmm. Did you have any communication with anyone from your job or the U.S. Embassy or family, friends, whoever? I didn't make contact with I didn't make contact with anybody to my seventh day. That's when I was able to reach out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I wasn't able to you know make contact with anybody until you know saying at seventh day. And that's chapter seven. That's when I'm able to reach out to people. But that's only because we met with the immigration dude. And we got to find, we got to get on our phones to find people, somebody that can buy us a plane ticket for whenever it's time for us to leave. So that's when I was able to get on my phone. Was there other people that were leaving with you at the same time? Or well, no, nah, like I'm, they brought every foreigner that was in the, you know what I'm saying, in the jail. I'm down there with like 30, 30 motherfuckers, no cap. I'm down there with like hell of, it's hell of us. I'm, I'm talking about Africa, America, in Europe, like it's hell of us down here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not the only one. Russia, I'm, it's hell of what us. Were, what were the other nature of charges that, if you if you know, like other people are with you? Do you know anything? Yes. One of the main characters within my story alone, uh, Victor, uh, <laughs> he was locked up for teaching. Exactly. Teach- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, I didn't realize teaching is illegal even in China. What what kind of uh, what kind of uh, teaching was he? <laughs> he was teaching English. He was doing what I was doing. But the only thing was, he was there on a tourist visa. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So, he, uh, he, you know what I'm saying? He was, his, the tourist visa only lasts for like a couple months. He was out so there. So, he was like, technically there without authorization. So, illegally. Had- yeah, exactly. He was working illegally. So, but it's still like, Amber, you got locked up for teaching, bro. How long was he abroad uh, locked up for? I mean, uh, I think he did like 15 days. He did one more. He did one more day extra than I did. Yeah, well, 15 or 16. He did more time. I did the shortest now, amount of time out of everybody in my store. I'll say everybody. this: as as an athlete, you mentioned how you had to go travel. Mm-hmm. Football, you called it. Is that when you go and play in other in other leagues or get experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's not like being locked up in Beijing, right? Oh, mean, no, 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 no. Big no, difference. No. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the me. lack of facilities they gave you and everything else. On me. <laughs> on what? Me, so. How did this experience change your life? My patience grew tremendously. My understanding enhanced. I feel like understanding is pivotal to life. The more you understand, once you, great, every, my quote is every day try to broaden your level of understanding, the understanding of yourself, the world, the worlds around you. Because all us humans are a completely different world. You a whole different world, bro. I go meet you and your tribe and where your people from. That's a whole different world in which I, you know what I'm saying? So it's like just having great understanding. And with great understanding comes acceptance. So understanding grew tremendously. More than it, it already was high, but now it's even higher. Being that learning, just finding a, a skill in telling stories, being able to write stories, and of course, you know what I'm saying. Do your research when you travel. <laughs> do your research. Did you have remorse you... afterwards, like being detained that long? Did you feel remorse for yourself? Like, I, if I, I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't have had this situation. Well, no, nah, I, I wouldn't. Nah, cause okay. shit, no, because never let no hard time humble you. You know what I'm saying? Take what you need to take from the experience and apply it to your life and move forward. As time then progressed, you know what I'm saying? I've been back home and, you know what I'm saying, that had my success with the book and shit. I'm just like, and I just reflect on it now. I'm like, and I, like I said, bro, I missed China. Like, it was also like, probably those last 14 days, China was everything, everything. And like, that shit was so much fun. Like, <laughs> it was so much fun. I miss it. I still do miss it. Like, just. Are you, would you ever decide to go back? If I was allowed to, yes. Are you allowed to? Uh, I can't, I can't be back in China technically until, uh, 20, uh, 24. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was placed on a five-year ban from China. Um, but like I said, there's a whole process. You, so you got to apply just to even visit. Well, so what was your, what's your experience when at the end of your visit? Cause I, I know I, I, we're, we're kind of tight on time, but I want to ask you a couple other things. I want to know in terms okay. of your stay, you're there 14 days in jail. Mm-hmm. And so what happened after you left? Like, how did you get out? So, <laughs> so I'm asleep. And this is chapter 14. <laughs> it's chapter 14. I'm asleep. Um, it's early, early in the morning. Like, we get up at 630. So it, it's before the time we're supposed to get up. So I'm just laying down. And I hear the cell door opening because it's, it's, it's a metal door. So that motherfucker loud as hell. <laughs> so I hear it opening, but I'm like, I ain't paying no, cause they bring, that's when they bring new inmates in throughout the night. So I ain't really thinking nothing of it. And officer, I hear the, you know what I'm saying? They open the door, officer screaming a name. I'm like, damn, boy, I'm still asleep. I still name. I'm like, bro, that's something like they calling my name. Like, I ain't really thinking no more. I ain't thinking much of it. At this point, cause I'm like, I have no clue. I still ain't got no viable information when I'm going to get out. So I'm just like, bro, I just, I know I'm just going to have to sit. So I'm just like, fuck it at this point, fuck everything. So they call my, they calling my name, calling my name. I'm like, damn, bro, it sound like they call my name. And they call me by my Chinese name. They ain't calling me by my actual government name. They gave me a Chinese name. What was your Chinese name? Uh, Jukka. Is that close to your name in English? It's Jackson in Chinese. Okay. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So they, Jukka, Jukka. I ain't really thinking much. I'm like, damn, sound like my shit. I'm not, bro, I, that's some shit y'all gave me, bro. I don't, I don't identify as that. I'm like, that sound like they're calling my name, but I ain't really thinking nothing of it. And then the inmates, they, hey, hey, Jakub, Jakub, like, hey, Jakub, like, and then my boy Victor, you know what I'm saying, the one I mentioned before, he's like, hey, Chance, they calling you, bro. So I'm like, damn, I look, I wake up, oh my, because I hear Victor, I hear English, so I'm like, damn, all right, Vic, what, what's going on? 
his eyes wide. My, I'm like, damn, what's going on? He's like, hey, bro, they call you, bro, grab your bow. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, hey, it's like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just sitting there. Like, nah, hey, he's calling my number type shit. Like, hey, come on. Oh, shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Get up. Shake Victor's hand. Hey, like, hey, boy, you going to get out here soon, bud? Hey, stay down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what I mean? And then walk out the cell. Take me back down. We get my clothes. I get back dressed. Have me sign finger documents, some more shit. At this paperwork. point, did you know you were going home? I'm assuming so. Yeah, I'm assuming so. You're not gonna get moved to another location <laughs> with barbed wire. And- <laughs> <laughs> so get in the van. I end up back at my apartment. Had me pack all my shit up and took my straight to the airport afterwards. And I was you did. Supportive. Oh yeah. yeah you I didn't see any judges? No. <laughs> I met with the warden. I met with the warden of the jail my first day in there, but he not really. He ain't saying shit to me. I ain't got Didn't nothing. You I'm hearing at all? No. And did they ask you if you were guilty? Or I guess you had to sign that paperwork, and that paperwork was probably a confession of some sort that you weren't even aware of because it was written. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So you I'm signed something water. that you weren't mm-hmm. aware of your rights. You had no one to advise you of it. There was a language barrier. You were retained without knowing what you're doing. And 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 mm. the basis upon which you got detained, the marijuana possession, you realize that that is against the Chinese code, but you didn't expect it to go this far. Not that- at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But all, with all that, and it sounds crazy. Like, it sounds like, damn, that is fucked up. But it's like, man, when I, like, y'all got to read the story. The other characters within that story, I did the shortest amount of time out of everybody and everybody else knew how long they was going to do. They didn't, they was received information. They already know. I don't, but I ended up doing the shortest. How long were other people staying there that you were aware But it's a dude in there. It's chapter five. I did designated a whole chapter to him. He has been at that point in time and he probably still is there. He had been in there for over a year. What charges? I have no clue. I haven't met. I didn't meet him physically. He's shouting out, for whatever cell he's in, he's shouting out through the window like, hey, whoever can hear me, my name is da 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 I've been here for over a year. Uh, the U.S. Embassy ain't trying to help me get no new passport. Ain't not even, you know what I'm saying? He's pretty much just been exiled from the country. And he's also given information of what possibly could be the reasons why they exiled him, which, and you hear him, it's like, hey. That sound about right. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about he got information on U.S. government officials on some corrupt shit and 9-11 and, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, hey. So that's all I know about Cuz. I'm hearing him through my window and I, I'm like, bro, what? Yeah. So I, and, it, and I'm locked up with another dude that's from, from Russia. He got them exiled from, he can't go back to Russia. If he go back to Russia, the gut, they gonna kill him. Government gonna kill him because he got some, some evidence on some of their government officials on some corruption. So it's just like, man, <laughs> like I am, I like my situation is nowhere near as critical as some of the other individuals that I'm incarcerated with. I only did 14 days. This motherfuckers in there that's been there for a year. They doing 30 days. Like you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, my shit sounds fucked up and sounds crazy, but it's like, through, how'd you get through those 14 days without having the ability to really speak to anybody, without having the ability to understand anybody? <laughs> I mean, like, I could tell you that I would probably be meditating the heck out of it. I'd be sitting <laughs> so, there praying and meditating every second I could. <laughs> as I leave that as a cliffhanger when you read the book description. So my first three days in, this, in the actual jail jail, I'm the only foreigner, only English speaker in my cell. My fourth day, 
they moved me to another cell. <clears throat> just that's because the first cell I was in, it's 15 people in one cell, right? So 12 of the inmates on my third day got released. So it's nothing but three of us left. So I'm like, what the hell are they going to do with us three in this big ass cell? They came and got us afterwards and they moved us to another cell, two cells down, 207. So I walk in. Well, really, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to let us go. Then when we stop at 207, he started unlocking the door. I'm like, fuck, I'm thinking. Now I'm like, damn, I got to get used to a whole new set of cellmates. I don't feel like doing that shit. I was thinking we finna get ready to go. I'm just disappointed. So I'm like, man, fuck. And he opened the door. I'm walking in. First person I see is this big ass. He looks like European male. Look like European male. Cause this man is like 6364 by 250. Like, cuz is big. Like, and he land. We're not allowed to lay down throughout the day. Only time we can lay down was time to take a nap and it's time to go to bed. He laying down to my head behind head. He cozy. Only person laying down. What did you do as activities during the day if you couldn't lay down? Shit, but you, well, the first three days, I'm just here. Reflect on everything. I can't talk to nobody else. You're sitting sitting down the whole time? I'm sitting sitting down on the bunk. You know what I'm saying? I may may get tired of sitting down because I'm sitting on wood. My ass hurts. So I may stand stand up. 14 days. Mm -hmm. They didn't have you exercise. They didn't have you. No, none of that. Basketball. We ain't got no rec time, none of that. You live in that cell 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You do not leave that cell unless you meet with the immigration man or your embassy. Aside from that, bro. So, and let me just revisit this again. So a week goes by. So I know we had to get into little snippets, but just in terms of our audience understanding what you've been through. The mm. first week you didn't have any contact with anyone from back in the United States or anyone else. Mm. Yeah, and no. by day seven, you finally had contact. Who did you have contact with at that point? Well, turn my phone on. Of course, as you know, saying to the world, I just went MIA. Like I'm just missing. Folks don't know what's going on with me. So I turn my phone on. My shit is erupting. My shit is going crazy. Yeah, they went like they brought all the foreigners downstairs. Hey, y'all go grab your phones. Find somebody that can buy y'all uh, a plane ticket. So okay. I'm on my phone. You know what I'm saying? My shit going crazy, going crazy, going crazy. I've got messages and calls and voice messages, like, like folks just, you know what I'm saying, all distraught, like, bro, what the hell going, what, you know what I'm saying, trying to figure out where I'm at, and I'm not, I'm just, whole seven days, I ain't made contact with nobody. Folks thinking I'm dead, all different types of shit. So, um, first person I called was my girlfriend at the time, but with the time difference being 12, 13 hours, I'm assuming she was, it was daytime, so it was definitely nighttime in America. So she was asleep. I ain't made contact with her, so I just left her a little voice message. Um, one of my coworkers that I was, you know what I'm saying, smoking with, I hit her up like, hey, this was going on. Y'all lay low, stop doing that shit. Woo, 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 woo. You know what I'm saying? She was just happy to hear my voice and know that I was okay. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm locked up, but she was just happy to like, it was like, oh shit, okay, you good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still here, you still breathing and shit. Um, and then the last person was uh, my mama, because I had to buy somebody to buy plane tickets. So I called my mom Duke Suck. And what, is, what was that like calling your mom after a week of being missing and being in a foreign country abroad and being arrested? Like, what, what do you say? Like, we so, man, we so, we're both Sagittarius. So it, it was still humorous. Like, once we got on the phone, like, <laughs> despite how serious the situation may be, Sagittarius always gonna laugh. Like, we always gonna find humor we find the bright we're optimistic we find the bright side out of every situation so yeah for sure so i call her she asked she said hello 
I said, my mother, what's going on? <laughs> like, ain't nothing going, like, ain't nothing wrong. She's like, you tell me. I'm like, hey, oh yeah, I'm locked, I'm laughing, like, oh yeah, I'm locked up. She's like, yeah, I know uh, the US Embassy emailed me telling me, you know what I'm saying, you've been incarcerated and shit. She was like, yeah, I'm uh, in the car with your brother right now. He dropped me off at the airport. I can be in Beijing tomorrow about 5 p.m. Damn. I flew to China to get you. She flew to China. She came to China. She came to visit me in China in February that year. And we, you know what I'm saying? That was lit. So she was just coming back for the second time. Just because now I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I'm let, let me get you out of there. Let's get yeah. back home. And so I'm like, so I told him, I said, hey, I told the immigration does, hey, my mama says she on the way right now. Like she'll be here tomorrow. He was like, tell her to turn around. Ain't shit she can do. Ain't nothing she can do. That, you know what I'm saying? She wasting the ticket and everything. So I'm like, he's just like, can she buy your plane ticket? I'm like, hey, he's saying ain't nothing you can do, but can you buy, buy the plane ticket? She said, yeah, I can buy, pay for it, but I'll be there tomorrow about 5 p.m. I said, for sure. And then I talked to my brother, because, you know what I'm saying, chopping up with him. We cracking jokes and shit, laughing. Because <laughs> it's like, like, at this point, it's like, it's funny. And it's just good to just communicate with them. You know what I'm saying? It's still harmonious. You know what I'm saying? Dynamic is still the same. Um, so after I get off the phone with them, he had me turn my phone off and shit. That was the last time I had contact with anybody for, the for another week. Room, for another week. So your mom didn't show up. Oh, I had no clue what the hell was like after I got off the phone with her. That was it. Like I had no more contact with her. I I had no clue what was going on. But lo and behold, once I you know, like released me from the jail, you know what I'm saying they take me back to apartment. I go. I lock the door. Walk in the door. Sit on the couch. That's the first person I see. She's sitting there waiting, sitting there waiting on me. And it's just like, damn. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's very harmonious. Like, the story is very harmonious. Like, it's like, damn, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're like, damn, I had no clue what was going on behind those walls. Mom, Paul, you've been here the whole time. She was sitting there for a whole seven days, just waiting in my apartment. And I had her in, in the very, very last chapter of the book. It's called Mama's Interlude. So I pretty much allowed her to tell her side of the story of receiving the information and the flying out and then what she was doing over the course of the seven days, just waiting on me until she just hear somebody unlocking the door. Who was that coming through the door? You know what I'm saying? It's me. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's a great story, man. Like, <laughs> you, you can't make this shit up. Like, <laughs> what was been, what's been the response after you wrote your book? Like, you come back to the United States. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you until you decided to write your book? So, I got locked up April 4th, 2019. I got home like April 17th, April 18th or some shit like that, uh, 2019. I didn't start writing the book until July 2019. Wow. And this is a year before COVID. Mm-hmm. Talk about a year and two two years of your life going in terms of... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. You see in the book cover, I got the mask on. Wearing masks was already a part of the day natural life. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's the way of life over there, just because the air pollution is actually fucked up. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty essential for you to have your mask on. So that, that was something I was already accustomed to. And then look, I got locked up for 14 days. When you catch COVID, what they tell you you got to do? Quarantine for how long? 14, 14 days. days. Yeah. When you actually got back, how long did it take you to find a job for yourself and like move forward? Oh, shit. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Just especially, especially what I was already doing, teaching English to Chinese, English to Chinese people is high demand. So, even though I wasn't able to be over there, as far as the virtual aspect, they already had the virtual aspect before COVID hit over here and everything had to go uh, virtual. You talk. That's virtual. What I'm saying. 
man, it's like everything came full circle. Literally, like I'm like, bro, this is crazy. QR codes that we got. That Wait a minute. Already- I gotta ask you this. So you go over there to teach, mm. you get locked up, you're there for 14 days, you get released, you come back to the United States, and then you get another job being able to teach Chinese English to Chinese students virtually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause and same company or different company? Different company. But I probably could still got I probably could still got highlights in company. But um what are you doing now? I teach. I'm still like I uh so I coach high school football uh, for Wheeler High School. You know what I'm saying? I coach now where you play? Well, no, I played uh, at a high school that's probably it's not too far from Wheeler. It's still in the okay. same county. Um, but um yeah, I coach football at Wheeler High School. You know what I'm saying? I'm be teaching like substitute and supply. Like I just fill in for actual teachers that's out, you know what I'm saying? So that's I do that. Know. Yep, I do that. And really, I just been selling my books. That's what I do. I own my own publishing company, which I publish my book through. Um and and I like I'm partnered with a nonprofit, you know what I'm saying? We work with teens that you know what I'm saying, and what's your nonprofit? Through. Well, it's not mine, it's uh it's one of my former uh track coaches, it's his, it's called the UMA Foundation. Um you may. It's uh, it's an acronym U M A Y. Like you may, like this is like you may, you 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 may be educated. You may be, you know, what I'm saying, you just you have the opportunities to do whatever it is that you want to do, or you know, what I'm saying, we can do everything. You need help with education, we do that. Athletics, like I said, he track. He's a former Olympian, USA track runner. You know, what I'm saying, I play ball, so it's like, wait, you have you can do. We can get you with education. We can get you with the athleticism. You don't you in trouble, you know what I'm saying? You've been a trouble team. Shit, and I got locked up. So we use my book as a part of our lessons for the life skills. So it's like, and he has his own other set of businesses in addition to that. You know what I'm saying? Vegan souls, vegan soul food restaurant and food truck, and has multiple products, hot sauces, spices, seasonings, drinks, edible, you know what I'm saying? All different types of stuff. So yeah, I just got my hand dipped in a lot of just different things. And I'm I'm actually finna get ready to release my second book. As I say, uh, one of the things I'll tell you as I'm as I'm talking to you today is I pick up energy because I'm psychic. And I was gonna say, <laughs> I definitely see you in another book. I see you doing speaking things. I think yeah. you can take this experience and really help shape your message in the future. That if you make if you make certain things in your if certain things happen to you outside of your control in life, you kind of go with the flow. I think you're a kind of go with the flow kind of person from what you're telling okay. me. <laughs> and I feel like you're gonna teach people on how to go with the flow of things and like. Let that might even be a future chat, a future book for you. Go with the flow of Whoa. life, even while you're incarcerated in Beijing and you're <laughs> experiences, no, right? Thanks. That there's there's ways to look at things and always look for the silver lining in, in, in any 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 cloud or any negative situation. It's always good to be oh, positive. No. And I see that you're 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 stoked in positivity, positive energy. And I I, I appreciate that because I know oh, first off, it takes you a lot of courage to come on and share your personal details. Because, you know, people in this society or any society will look at somebody and judge people. And one of the things I want people not to do in my audience is to judge anything about this situation. But to say, hey, thank God you got back safely. Thank God you're not locked away in Beijing jail number six, uh, prison number six, I guess. And thank God you don't have to wear those horrible colors in that uniform with that vest. (laughs) Oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you're not going to look at a Tupper bowl and a spoon the same way again. <laughs> or chairs that you get locked into while you get questioned like no, there's a lot of those experiences you're probably going to be grateful that you're back here and not dealing with that no definitely you know what i'm saying I, and that's why people are like hey man, 
just hey, how you doing? That's just a general question people ask. Like, hey man, I can't complain, bro. Shit could be worse. I, we've all experienced worse, and it ain't that shit. I ain't got nothing to complain about, bro. <laughs> I done seen the worst of the worst. I'm like, it ain't it ain't 14 days from bro. I'm I'm like, I'm excellent, bro. I, you know what I'm saying? Every day is a great day, man. Well, this is yours. You know what I like about your story as you recounted it today? There's serious aspects of your story. I mean, it was ter- it was terrifying, I would think. And you went through some really negative circumstances. But what you were able to do when you reunited with your mom on the phone, your family, and in general, is you, you had humor in it. You were able to look at the humor. That's powerful. And I think you can take this message and share it with your book in the future and share it to other people. Yes, I had weed. I violated the Chinese law. But did I expect to be incarcerated for 14 days with nine beds, 15 people and shifted around and treated like I had no clue what was going on? And then I had to get back to the United States and start my life anew. That's a lot for yeah. someone who's 20. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I made it out of that situation without anything worse happening. I'm grateful for you coming on the show today and sharing your story. The candor that you share your story with is uh, very appreciated. Hey man, I appreciate you for having me and just allow me the opportunity to spread my message and you know what I'm saying. Right. Share every share with everybody. You know what I'm saying. Just who I am and just make just man, get to showcase my spirit to to the world because I feel like. Me, me is a breath of fresh air. You don't meet too many people, that, especially if my, I'm only 25 now. So, you know what I'm saying? Just young. Exactly. So to carry the way, carry myself the way that I do carry and just my mind and is the way that it is. And my spirit is the way that, man, it's taboo. So it's just like just being the able story. to showcase. Yeah. Sorry, story yeah. alone. Yeah. The story the alone story, is taboo. <laughs> it touches so many different levels between. Mm. And that's what I think our audience or anyone listening to this podcast should really think about is I'm going to take off my judgment hat put it away. Right. And I'm going to literally just sit here and listen to this episode and think, what would that be like if that was me? And while your safety, at least, thank God you got back in one piece, I'm sure emotionally that was traumatic. And that must have left you with a lot that you have now since been able to fill in for yourself spiritually, emotionally, and positive. Writing this book was the the most therapeutic thing I could have ever did. Like after I wrote it, I'm just like, I just released it all. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I got back in April 2019. I ain't start writing it to July. So that whole time, I'm just, you know what I'm saying, just harboring on me, harboring on me. And did you ever think you'd be on. an author? You couldn't tell me. You couldn't tell me I was going to be teaching English abroad. And you couldn't tell me I was going You couldn't tell me none of this was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, it was a you hell make, of a way. You're making lemonade out of lemons. Play so, cards, use dealt. How, how would our audience find you? By the way, if anyone wants to know more about this or if they want to talk to you about the circumstance, where would be the best way to do it? Hey, everybody, stop what you're doing right now. Go to your internet browser. I'll give y'all a little bit. I'll give y'all a little second, a few seconds, goddamn. Open your phone and go to your internet browser. And then in that search bar, search either Chancellor K. Jackson or Chancellor Jackson or 14 Days in Beijing. Everything you need will pop right up. <laughs> and I mean that in the most humblest, sincere, you know what I'm saying? Like the humblest way, like it's that simple. You just Google me, baby. On me. <laughs> this is my thing, Chance, for coming on the show today and sharing his personal story. I will always say this as an attorney and just as a human being to our audience. As I said twice or so during this episode, I have the very, I abide by this, that bad things can happen to good people. None of us are perfect. We all have situations in our lives that we experience that are outside of our control. And the narrative for that is, how do you react when something happens? Like what happened to Chancellor and his story? I mean, 
He's 23 years old, goes over to China to teach English after graduating college, trying to find work here in the United States. 2019, couldn't find a job that fit his expectations. He had his bachelor's degree in communication and media studies. So excited he goes overseas. Now, can we go back in hindsight and, and Saturday, you know, Monday quarterback? Well, yeah, he shouldn't have had marijuana. He used cannabis in China and that's against the law. And we can say that. But the flip side of that is what happened afterwards is a, is a, is a life transforming experience. And what I believe Chance did with his experience was he grew more than he ever would have grown in 14 days. But to be left in a jail cell with nine beds and 14 other people, I'm almost certain that if any of you had those kind of situations, think to yourself, what would that be like for you to wake up one day, have someone show up at your door? Yes, the cause of what I guess the infraction of it is the basis of being held. But what would you do if you got detained? What would you do if you're in a foreign country with no one to reach out to? And you don't have the rights afforded here in the United States and other countries. So you don't have the right to have a, a lawyer appointed to you or the right to know what the charges are, the right to confront your accusers, the right to explain your circumstances. I don't think being strapped into a chair and asked questions in Mandarin and then being asked to approve a written statement and your thumbprint represents fully knowing what the nature of the charges are against you. There's a lot here to unwrap, a lot to unpack. I recommend that you check out Chance's book, 14 Days in Beijing. I'm going to have the information in the show notes. And I really appreciate Chance sharing his message with us, the positive message that resonates through his circumstances. Keep in mind that's something I believe heavily in. I think if you can stay positive, you can work your way out of a lot of situations. It's a lot of our obstacles lie within ourselves. So check out Chance's book, check out Chance's information. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you stay positive, which I hope each of you do, like Chance did, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.